back to the Sewerage Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how the funeral rites of Guru Tegh Bahadur were completed. We heard about all the congregations that were arriving there in Anandpur Sahib to partake in the, the Starbandi of Guru Gobind Singh, which would happen in Fagan. This is in mid-February to mid-March. So chapter 5 now begins describing how when the ninth Guru Guru Tegh Bahadur went to the afterlife, at that point, within the lineage of Baba Buddhaji, sitting on the throne of that lineage was Baba Gurdatta. Now this is not to be confused with Baba Gurdatta, the son of Guru Hargobind. This was a different Gurdatta. So he was there when Guru Tegh Bahadur passed away. And quickly after that, he left Delhi. And outside of Delhi, approximately 10 kilometers outside of the city, he saw a site associated with his ancestor, Baba Buddhaji, who took care of all the horses at that location and spending a lot of time there when Guru Hargobind was in prison at Gwalior. So at that moment, he arrived into that site and he put down some spear grass and he remembered the very form of Guru Tegh Bahadur within his heart. He was able to draw up his life force, his spawn into his Dasam Dwad, the 10th gate at the top of his head, and burst through it, killing himself. Doing so so easily, like throwing away a leaf, he dispassionately left his body behind. People then who saw his body afterwards performed the funeral rites. Until this time, Kavi Santok Singh says that even to this day there remains a marker that notifies people that Baba Gurdatta of the Baba Buddhaji lineage passed away here. So Baba Gurdatta's kid, his name was Ramkor, a Brahmgani, a knower of the divine. He was living in the village of Ramdas in the district of Amritsar and he had a lot of Sikhs around him at that time. Ramkor was very young, he was only three years old at that time. Within the house of Baba Buddhaji, the wise and elderly Sikhs there, they all knew the tradition of the Gurus from the very beginning. This tradition being that when a new Guru was appointed, anointed as Guru, the lead from Baba Buddhaji's house would anoint the Guru with a tilak, a sacred mark, signifying Guruship. Baba Buddhaji did this for the first six Gurus and his lineage performed this, other tilaks up to Guru Tegh Bahadur as well. So in the same way, they then understood what was needed of them and they got together supplies along with their servants and the six and they all headed to Anandapur to perform the ceremony. Just like a path, Shah, a great emperor, has senior ministers. In the same way, the Guru's house has the most senior of ministers in the lead in the Mukhi from Baba Buddhaji's house. So whenever a Guru is anointed, he's done so by the hand of Baba Buddhaji's lineage, placing the tilak, the sacred mark, signifying the Guru position. And only then, would the congregation have full faith that somebody is seated upon the seat of the Guru. After the fifth Guru, offerings to the Guru's house included galgis, plumes to be worn on the stars, weapons, horses. They gave offerings of saropas, robes of great wealth, and other clothes and horses for the Guru's house. And this was started all by Guru Hargobind. Six in the neighboring villages all got together in great love for the Guru's house and headed towards Nandpur. With a langar, the communal kitchen was constantly flowing, never to run out. Everyone enjoyed langar there. The ragis, the rababis were all coming together into the city of Anandpur to receive the darshan of the Guru. Many other tadis came as well. These are bards who would sing ballads of bravery describing warriors in battle. Other bard singers like Doom or Marasis and Bots all came together to sing for payment. And others came to see the new true Guru. People came from countless countries, wherever you looked in the city of Nandpur, there were people there, it was just overflowing. 
This was the fourth day now of Huggen. This is mid-February to mid-March. And there was such a Mela festival that was organized there. People were jostling around. This is how packed it was getting. Great excitement and enthusiasm erupted in the city of Bliss. From great distances, you could see crowds. Dancers came in great amounts as well, and singers too. They were staying there to sing the great praise of the Guru, the qualities, the virtues of the Guru. And in this way, there were many wondrous acts and plays and sights to be seen in the city where everybody's heart was filled with happiness. The night after that, they all got up. This is before sunrise. They began listening to Kirtan. They had such bliss arise in their heart. All the congregations were there with their respective masand, a masand being the leader, the organizer of a specific region. And they all woke up during the night to listen to Kirtan. When the sun rose, they all went to bathe while reciting Gurbani in many different ways. So some were reciting from memorization. Others would sit with a poti. They would place on new expensive clothing and when dressing themselves, they would say, today we will go see the Guru. The clans of the Beddis, the Trehen and Guru Amradashis, Pala clan all came. They all set up their camps sitting there. They were all eagerly awaiting to see the young Guru. The saints, the Mahants, the Sadhus of various kinds, including people from all castes, all parts of society, all were sitting there with great enthusiasm in their mind. Surajmal's two grandsons were there as well, and they had such a desire and love to receive the darshan of the young Guru, Surajmal being the son of Guru Hargobind. Great amounts of people were there to see the Guru in great enthusiasm. The anointment of Guru Gobind Singh was to take place. They all brought great amounts of dastar material, trapped in love, they were desiring to meet with the Guru. Mata Gujri, Guru Gobind Singh's mother, lovingly directed her brother Kurpal Chand and said, without any delay, prepare everything. Adorn the young Guru in fine clothing and beautiful jewelry. Kurpal Chand heard this and with his own hands, he got everything ready. He then commanded to the servants there saying, let us create a tall platform and place on it a beautiful sheet. On all sides around, have attendants holding large fans in the shape of a sun. Have attendants hold golden staffs and have whisks flown there. Set up a glorious throne for the Guru. In the long-standing manner and tradition of this house, place on there gold embroidered cushions and have Ardasya six there amidst the congregation. Ardasya six being those who perform the Ardas. Gather everybody together there at this platform. In this way, Kurpalchan instructed all the Sikhs to perform these tasks and others, which they did with such attention. And at that time, Guru Gobind Singh bathed, placing on himself fine clothing, which were brought by many Sevaks helpers. Adorning these clothes on his body, he looked so glorious. Everybody looking at the Guru was just enticed. On his head, he adorned a beautiful dastar. His large pearl necklace looked so stunning as well. The Guru's sword was of the highest quality steel. The handle had diamonds embedded in the gold handle. There was a bushel of pearls on his quiver, which was filled with sharp arrows. This was placed around his neck and tied into a kamarakasa, a kamar band, a sash around the Guru's waist. The Guru, being ten years old at this point, had a kanjar, a jamatar, a punch dagger, also known as a katar, and a bichua, a reverse-bladed dagger, named after a scorpion. All of these daggers were placed within his large, strong kamarakasa. The bow the Guru had was made from Lahore, holding it in his hand, and in the other, he had an arrow, which he was spinning while looking at it. He had countless pieces of jewelry on him, all gold, all appropriately placed on his body. Firstly, 
the Guru went and bowed down to both of his mothers, Mata Gujri, his mother, and his grandmother, Mata Nanaki. Both mothers were in such bliss while looking at their child, they blessed him, placing and circling their hand over the Guru's head while saying, May you be blessed, praised with great glory throughout your life. The Guru exited his residence while wearing beautiful shoes. Thousands of Sikhs were standing at the ready. Waves of enthusiasm overflowed like massive waves of the ocean. They saw the moon-like radiant face of the Guru. And all at once, the Sikhs lowered their heads. In front of the Guru with a golden staff, the Nakib, the herald or announcer, proclaimed the arrival of the Guru. The Pats, the poets, were singing poetry of praise of the Guru in front of the procession. Understanding the arrival of the Guru was near, all of the Sikhs readied themselves. A great amount of Sikhs all got together in front of the procession. Bowing down their heads, they then joined the rear of the procession and then followed along. In the city, a great roar emerged. So much enthusiasm to see the Guru, they were all getting together. The Guru then mounted up on a strong, agile, and beautiful horse, which had a gold-embroidered saddle, which looked so glorious. Slowly and slowly, they traveled along the path with this horse. In all the alleyways of the city, people were standing and crowded up, looking for the Guru's sight. It was like a partridge bird looking at the moon. They were all in such bliss, and with their heads lowered, they clasped their hands. The gracious Guru, Guru Gobind Singh, was looking around at all sides, looking at the congregations. The devoted ones with great love in their heart for the Guru were consumed in this bliss from his glance. It was just so crowded now at this point. The congestion was overwhelming. People were in such joy, following the procession from behind. In this manner, they reached Damdama, where the high platform was set up so beautifully. Guru Gobind Singh dismounted at this point and climbed up at top, taking with him his uncle, his mamma, Kripal Chand. Those who were there ahead of the Guru, they were seated, and when they saw the Guru, they got up and bowed down. Love sprouted up within their heart. Guru Gobind Singh, in looking then at the takat, at the throne that was set up, clasped his hands together, and he bowed down to this takat. A little throwback to the Suraj podcast relating to the stories of Guru Hargobind, Guru Gobind Singh's grandfather. This tradition of bowing down to the Thakat, the throne of the Guru's house, was long-standing. And in the previous podcast, we heard about this practice by Guru Hargobind that shows the respect the Gurus had for the throne of the Guru's house, understanding themselves to be the caretaker of the tradition. The clans of the Beddis, Trehans, and Pallas, these are the clans associated with Guru Nanak Dev Ji, Guru Angad Dev Ji, Guru Amar Dashi, they were all looking at the pinnacle the Sordi clan, Guru Gobind Singh. Guru Gobind Singh then got permission from all the clans and then remembered all the previous Gurus from Guru Nanak Dev Ji to Guru Tegh Bahadur before then mounting the throne. When the Guru mounted this chariot of the Guru's house, the Guru glowed like the sun, enticing everybody's heart. The congregation were like flowers blooming in the sunshine. And these flowers were giving great bliss to the bees circling the congregation, the beggars, the bards, and those who the congregation supported. Great amounts of drums and instruments were being played in happiness. People were shouting out, victory, victory to the Guru. The great wise six were so happy, bringing with them offerings for the Guru. Then all the Masans brought their congregations. And the wise, great, important six like Ramkor arrived there as well. All the congregations of Sikhs were arriving now at that platform where Guru Gobind Singh was. And this is how chapter 5 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear more about the Guru's interaction with all the congregations that have arrived there. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who've been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page.
ਭਾਜੜਾ ਪਾ ਕੇ ਆਉਣਗੇ ਗੁਰਾਂ ਦੇ ਪਿਆਰੇ ਜਿਕੋਣਗੇ ਜਿਕਾਰੇ ਗ